Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The conditions were forbidding. The conditions were forbidding, which is probably not the first thing you think about when you think of Carmel-by-the-Sea, California. Carmel-by-the-Sea, it's right there on the Monterey Peninsula. It's where Pebble Beach is. It's a beautiful place, almost as beautiful as right here. Almost. Almost. You guys know I lived there for a number of years with my family. My first parish that I served was out there. But I want you to know that on Carmel Point, it hangs off the Pacific coast like a, a ragged tooth. And in that place, the wind and waves just beat upon it. So that 100 years ago, there were no buildings on that point. There were no trees. There was some scrub brush, and that was about it. I mean... They don't get the snow in that part of the country like we might get here. But in the wintertime, they get some serious waves. It's not the place where you would think, I'm going to build a house right here. Anyway, you couldn't afford the real estate. But even if you could, you'd look at it and say, the conditions are pretty forbidding here. No plants, no buildings. The only thing it does have is a whole lot of granite boulders. But that didn't stop a man by the name of Robinson Jeffers from wanting to build his home in that place. Anyone ever heard of Robinson Jeffers before? He was a, a poet, um, not a, a real well-known poet, but he was, he was a poet of the early 20th century. And he wanted to make his home at Carmel Point, Carmel by the Sea, despite those forbidding conditions. And he didn't want to make just any home. He didn't want to just call in some builder and have some stick-built house. No, he wanted to build a home out of the granite boulders that he was able to find right there on Carmel Point. And so over four years, over four years, Robinson Jeffers would day by day go down to the point, go down to the water's edge and pick up these boulders. If only we could imagine something what it would look like. All these boulders right down there by the water. Maybe they weren't quite that big. He'd go down and either shoulder these boulders on himself and take it up the hillside to his own plot where he had said, here's where I'm going to build my house, or he had made this kind of rudimentary pulley system so that he would pull these boulders up day by day. Poets have a lot of free time, I guess. Day by day, lugging these boulders up the hillside, unearthing them, digging them out of the side, and bringing them up to the spot where he was going to build his house. Passers-by were absolutely stunned by what this man was doing. They thought, is he building a cathedral here or something? And, and in a sense, he was. But it was something even more than that. It was there that he was going to build his home, what he called Tor House. You can see a, a picture of it on the front of your worship folder there. He called it Tor House after, I think, the Irish or the Gaelic word for a crag. That was where he built his home. In one of his poems, he would say, My fingers had the power to make stone love stone. As he took those great big boulders, and one by one, painstakingly, set them together in order to make his home. He even got a nickname as a result of all of that, as you can imagine. They called him the stonemason of Tor House. Amid forbidding conditions, the stonemason made his home. 
amid forbidding conditions, the stonemason made his home. Why do I tell you this? Because the conditions were forbidding where we pick up with Jesus and the disciples in today's gospel. Now Matthew tells us, just in passing, without saying any more about, any more about it, that they come into the town, the district of Caesarea Philippi. A couple of things about Caesarea Philippi and why the conditions were forbidding in this place. First of all, geographically, literally, this is the furthest from home that Jesus and the apostles have ever been. He's 25 miles north of Jerusalem as they go into the district of Caesarea Philippi. And you're thinking, 25 miles, what's the big deal? Well, Jesus and the gang couldn't just catch an Uber and get up there, right? It says 25 miles on foot, on foot. They make their way far from home. But even more than just that geographical distance was the, the cultural or even the spiritual distance from their home base down in more Jewish country of Capernaum, Galilee, and then Jerusalem. See, Caesarea Philippi was a deeply Gentile and pagan territory. In fact, historically, this had been the location of the, the place of the worship of the fertility god Pan. And I'm not going to get into how you worship a fertility god. I'll let you guys just try to imagine that. Actually, don't imagine that, okay? There's actually a saying then that what happens in Caesarea Philippi stays in Caesarea Philippi. I made that up. But suffice it to say, this was a place where the conditions were forbidding. And that's where Jesus gathers here at this seminal moment with his disciples. Now pause there for just a second. Because the beauty of our surroundings notwithstanding, you and I are in pretty forbidding conditions too right now, are we not? I mean, we could start out at just kind of the 40,000 foot mark and look at our society and think about even pre-pandemic, how was the church doing in our culture right now? Not so hot. Christianity has been on de in decline for decades. Fewer and fewer people worshiping the Lord, being baptized, being confirmed. And when we look around, we see that the, the message of the gospel is not exactly permeating our society. Those fundamental elements of our faith, we're getting pushed back against that everywhere we look. And then to add on top of that now, this yes, this pandemic and all that it has brought about and the difficulties and the struggles that we are experiencing for us as the body of Christ, for us simply as humans. It's compounding all of that into our lives, corporately as the church and individually as, as Christians, as believers, as human beings. Life is difficult right now. And then go on top of that, to go along with what I said at the the beginning of today's service, the way that Satan is making hay right now. See, Satan loves chaos. God is a God of order, of cosmos. Satan is always trying to work chaos. And now is a time of chaos. Everywhere we look, the conditions are forbidding. Forbidding for the church to survive and thrive. Forbidding for you and me as Christians to survive and thrive as believers, to hold fast to Christ in the midst of all of this. The conditions are forbidding. And it could look, for all the world, 
Like we're not going to make it. And we wouldn't make it. If not for a promise. See, amid forbidding conditions, the stonemason makes his home. Jesus gathers the disciples together in that unlikely place, in contested territory. And he asks them, who do people say that I am? Some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, some say John the Baptist. Who do you say that I am? Peter pipes up. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, Peter, yes. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. But then comes the real kicker. And the main point that Jesus wants to make. He says to him, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock, Jesus says. And people through the ages have asked, well, which rock? Is the rock Peter? Is the rock Peter's confession of faith? Is the rock Dwayne Johnson, former WWE wrestler, now great uh, movie actor, star of Moana. You're welcome. None of the above. And I, think, I don't think that we can answer it perfectly conclusively, but I have two thoughts about this rock. First of all, think again. Jesus gathering the disciples into that place in Caesarea Philippi. And there on that rock, Jesus saying, here I am going to build my church amid these forbidding conditions that is not going to stop the onrush of the kingdom of God. Still, I am going to erect my body, this temple. It's going to happen here on this rock where you guys are standing. And if it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. But I think even more so when we hear Jesus say, on this rock I will build my church, we have to hear him saying or picture him doing this, on this rock, on me, myself, on Christ, the solid rock on which we stand, on our Lord Jesus, who is known in the Gospels, he's referred to as a tectone. Now, typically that's translated as a, as a carpenter, and that's one translation. But another translation is a stonemason. Our stonemason, Christ, who came in order to dig up stony hearts, to shoulder the burden of the weight of the whole world onto himself. When all the world was looking at him and, and, and wondering, what is he up to? Is he building some kind of cathedral? And in a sense, he was. Building his church through his life until he has to take those stones and he builds that house, builds his church by shouldering it all the way up to the cross. And then being buried until three days later, he comes out and on the rock of that empty tomb says, Here, I am going to build my church. Christ Jesus, our stonemason, goes down into death and comes back again in order to erect this cathedral, this house of living stones built of you and me. And saying to us now, Nothing is going to destroy this church. The gates of hell will not prevail against my home, which is founded 
on the rock of my very body. Friends, right now we live amid forbidding conditions in the world, in our own sinful nature, from the onslaughts of the evil one. But amid all of that, you and I have a promise that stands fast, that stands like a stone house built on Carmel Point. That Christ Jesus lives and lives forever. And therefore we need not fear amid such forbidding conditions. Still, the stonemason makes his home. And I've got just one last thought for you. I didn't tell you at the outset why it is that Robinson Jeffers, the poet, the stonemason of Tor House, why did he go to all that trouble? I mean, seriously, why not just buy a house in town? Or if you've got to build something, you know, hire a builder, get her done. But see, he had made a promise. He made a promise to his new wife, his beloved Una. And he told Una, here, Una, amid these forbidding conditions, I am going to build you a refuge, a world apart. And because he made that promise, he made that home. This is what you and I cling to as well. You are the bride of Christ. You are his beloved. You are his house of living stones. Christ Jesus goes to the greatest lengths, indeed to the end of the world, in order to make you his own, in order to make you his home. So we live amid forbidding conditions, sure. But take heart, because amid forbidding conditions, the stonemason makes his home. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.